It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tortoise. Hello, it's Basha here and you're listening to the Slow Newscast from Tortoise. This is episode three of our new mini-series, Epstein's Money Men, Master of the Universe. If you haven't heard the previous episodes, you'll find them in the Slow Newscast feed. And just to warn you, this episode contains references to sexual violence. I'm handing over to my colleague, David Taylor, who's reported this story. Leon Black lived a life from the Gilded Age. If it was fiction, it would be The Great Gatsby, updated for another century. A life glowing with gold, of unimaginable wealth, spectacular parties, honour and prestige in New York high society. And like Jay Gatsby, Leon Black was a man keeping very dubious company. Leon Black lived on the Upper East Side in Manhattan in a former gallery built over seven floors in Italian Renaissance style. He was at East 70th Street, just around the corner from Jeffrey Epstein's nine-storey mansion at East 71st. They were so close, they were almost in touching distance. And Leon Black was never far away from Epstein's door. Remember we told you Jeffrey Epstein saw himself as a collector of people? Well, Leon Black was a trophy friend, the one you wanted to show off to impress people who really know about extreme wealth. So far, we've been following the lawsuits which are targeting the banks accused of enabling Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking operation, Jess Staley and JP Morgan, and then Deutsche Bank. They ignored the red flags raised by Epstein's behaviour, the torrent of cash withdrawals, the suspicious wire transfers that he used for hush money and to procure more underage girls. Thing is, these legal cases really help us see how Epstein was spending his money, but they don't tell us how he was earning it, which is where the billionaire Leon Black comes in. Fortunately, we've had a lot of good breaks over the last 25 years. In the early 1990s, Leon Black got very rich, very fast. And today, uh, if you look at Apollo... Um, he built his private equity firm, Apollo Global Management, from the wreckage of a bank where he worked, which was rocked by one of the biggest insider trading scandals of the era. 
It became public this week when the Securities and Exchange Commission charged Dennis Levine, a 33-year-old managing director of Drexel Burnham Lambert Incorporated, with close to $13 million by illegally trading stocks and bonds. And he became a true master of the universe, shaping and remaking American companies and making billions along the way. Black's personal fortune is estimated at more than $9 billion, which puts him just outside the top 200 richest people in the world. What we're trying to do is connect the dots over uh, 30 plus years of takeovers, corporate buyouts, uh, the use of very heavy debt to acquire companies, and really what the outcomes have been. This is Gretchen Morganson. She's just written a book about this world and its values called These Are the Plunderers. You have a tremendous number of people that are harmed by these deals and what they result in, and you have a very small coterie of very elite financiers who are getting just unspeakably rich from these transactions. Apollo has always had a reputation of being more aggressive than most, willing to enter into transactions or conduct itself with counterparties in a way that is more aggressive than others. But in spite of his fearsome business reputation, there's more to Leon Black. He loves collecting art. Turner, Raphael, Picasso, Van Gogh. He has one of the world's greatest private collections. He once paid a world record of nearly $120 million at auction for one of the four versions of The Scream by Edward Munch. It's the only one in private hands. Clearly my love of art was also that my mother was an artist, she was a painter, and uh, my aunt ran an art gallery in New York City, so I had no escape uh, from the arts. So in this wealthy playground of the Upper East Side, this world of mansions and galleries, philanthropists and social prestige, Black was a huge figure and a big prize for his neighbour Jeffrey Epstein. In the art world, Leon Black was regarded as charming. He was on the board of both the Met and MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art. He loaned the Scream to MoMA for a while and donated $40 million for refurbishments at the gallery. In the same year, he became its chairman of the trustees. As well as the art collection, he's got a string of homes, including one, Gatsby style, in the Hamptons. And for his 60th birthday party in 2011, he had 200 guests there and hired Sir Elton John to play a 90-minute set for them. If you want to understand something about his place in New York high society, Leon Black was once the guest of honour at MoMA's big summer charity event and the film director, Martin Scorsese... And the Oscar goes to Martin Scorsese. That Martin Scorsese, he got second billing that night to Leon Black. Black's pictured everywhere at all sorts of big social events in his tuxedo. In the weeks before the 2016 US presidential election, he's at the US Open men's tennis final. In the same private box as Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, along with one of Rupert Murdoch's ex-wives, a supermodel and Prince Andrew's daughter, Princess Beatrice. 
There are pictures of the party of 12 on the Daily Mail website and 11 are named in the caption, except for Black, in his sunglasses, chinos and midnight blue shirt, who is just billed as Guest. Black was unrecognisable to the Mail, but he was A-list to people in the know. I spoke to one New York financier about Leon Black and what drives him, and they put it like this. It's not even money, really. It's partly money, but it's prestige. It's being well thought of in the community in New York. He was at the very top of New York society. But, like Gatsby, not even fabulous wealth could insulate him from scandal. Some very famous people visited Epstein in the years after his conviction for a sex crime in 2008. Bill Gates, the Microsoft founder, the film director Woody Allen, the former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak, the former director of the CIA Bill Burns. But it's Leon Black who really keeps popping up. Details from Jeffrey Epstein's calendar reveal that the two men met more than 100 times at Epstein's mansion or at Black's offices after his conviction. He actually, like, in the documents that we've reviewed thus far, is the person who has the most scheduled meetings with him. Khadija Safdar is a reporter at the Wall Street Journal who's been behind a string of groundbreaking stories this year following the Epstein money and connections. She's been on the story for four years. After Epstein's death in 2019, she went to the US Virgin Islands and talked to a lot of sources about what went on there, but there were a lot of dead ends. And I came back with like more than 60 mosquito bites (laughs) and we ended up publishing basically nothing out of that trip. She's making headway now. She revealed the existence of Epstein's calendar that has opened more of his contacts to scrutiny but it's a difficult world to get into. Good morning, this is an NBC News special report. NBC News has learned that disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein is dead. Epstein took his own life while he was behind bars. When Epstein was found dead in a cell in 2019, his connection to Leon Black started to come into view. The big breakthrough came in a New York Times article in 2020 which shows Leon Black had given Epstein $50 million since 2012, which terrified Black's colleagues at Apollo, the company he built with its 15 offices around the world and $433 billion of funds under management. Suddenly, it was all at risk of being pulled into the unfolding Epstein scandal. Apollo, it's not a company we talk too often about. Of course, the alternative asset manager giant in private equity has been um, under the microscope of late. You can see its stock price has also been down, in part because of the relationship between its founder, chairman and CEO Leon Black, and Jeffrey Epstein. Mr. Black. So Apollo commissions an elite legal firm called Deckert to find out the truth of what was going on. They go through 60,000 emails, documents and texts and in January 2021 publish a very careful report. And the lawyers discover that the New York Times story of $50 million going from Leon Black to Jeffrey Epstein isn't accurate. It's much worse than that. Leon Black had actually given Epstein $158 million.
The payments start in 2012, four years after Epstein becomes a convicted and registered sex offender, and continue for the next five years, while the out-of-court settlements between Epstein and survivors of his abuse are piling up. To his private equity firm's immense relief, the investigation discovers that all the money going to Epstein is from Leon Black's personal fortune. So the company is off the hook. Key findings include that Apollo never retained Epstein for any services. That was reiterated from statements made earlier uh, by Apollo. According to the investigation, some of that $158 million is for advice on trust and estate planning, tax issues, advice on his art collection, and about Leon Black's plane and his yacht. And the payments go through an elaborate web of shell companies. Several million dollars goes to an Epstein account from something called Narrow Holdings, the company Leon Black uses to buy his art collection. $10 million goes to a charitable fund Epstein set up called Gratitude America. Then there's the more absurd payments. In 2017, we can see Leon Black's yacht is paying Epstein's jet $22.5 million. When it comes to light, Leon Black, still at the pinnacle of New York society, tries to brush it all off. He says, Leslie, there's never been an allegation by anyone that I engaged in any wrongdoing because I did not. He says he simply paid Epstein to manage his tax affairs and the money might sound a lot, but it's dwarfed by the amount that he says Epstein saved for him. More than a billion dollars. Here's Gretchen Morganson again. Epstein was nobody's idea of a tax expert. And the idea that Leon Black, who could purchase the best tax advice, you know, from any number of extremely qualified and credible and, you know, highly respected individuals would go to Jeffrey Epstein for tax advice. So it was a mystery and it it remains a mystery. So the lawyer's report commissioned by Apollo is also important because it sheds light on how Leon Black viewed Epstein. It tells a story that goes like this. That Black was introduced to Epstein in the mid-1990s by a mutual friend and they developed a relationship. Leon Black thought Epstein was very intelligent. He was impressed by his connections to big names in business, politics and science. And in 2008, after Epstein's prison sentence for solicitation of prostitution with an underage girl, the report says that Leon Black believed that Epstein had served his time and it was appropriate to keep up a personal and professional relationship with his old friend. Because Leon Black still viewed Epstein as a friend worthy of his trust. They attended social events together, Black confided in Epstein on personal matters and introduced Epstein to his family. Leon Black regularly visited Epstein's townhouse in New York to either discuss business or to meet other guests. The report says the two men usually met over breakfast for one-on-one business meetings, whereas the social visits with other guests tended to be in the afternoons. It was a family affair. Leon Black and his wife visited Epstein in Paris and stopped off at his ranch in Santa Fe. He went to Epstein's island twice and was accompanied by his wife and one or more of his children. But then this wonderful relationship deteriorated. 
A payment dispute had been brewing for a while. Beginning in 2016, Epstein thought Leon Black owed him millions of dollars for work he'd done for him. But Leon Black is refusing to pay. And by 2018, all contact between Black and Epstein has stopped. The Deckert Report, the one commissioned by Leon Black's company Apollo, also says this. Black viewed Epstein as a confirmed bachelor with eclectic tastes, who often employed attractive women. However, Black did not believe that any of the women in Epstein's employ were underage. Black has no recollection of ever seeing Epstein with an underage woman at any time. Black stated that he was repulsed by the details of Epstein's crimes that were published in late 2018 and regretted ever having worked with Epstein. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, it's Tomini from Tortoise. This podcast is sponsored by EY. Safe, efficient and reliable railways help to keep us all connected, thanks to Network Rail. Yet, maintenance on the railways is a risky and sometimes fatal business. At Network Rail, two previous attempts to invigorate its track worker safety programmes had failed, leaving employees feeling sceptical that the organisation could ever get railway safety right. Since 2019, EY teams have worked with Network Rail to deliver a transformation that improved safety protocols and changed employee behaviour around safety. Network Rail RailHub, a new digital safety platform and app, eliminated inaccurate paper trails and worked offline, so it could be used by workers in remote locations. Since the platform was introduced, near misses affecting maintenance workers on the railways have fallen by 40%. Read the full story at ey.com. We've already heard about two women who say they suffered years of abuse in Jeffrey Epstein's world. There's the ballet student who sued JP Morgan, who alleges an assault by Jess Staley, who we told you about in episode one, and she's now settled her case with the bank. There's the Eastern European woman who was trafficked at the age of 14 and who has also settled her case with Deutsche Bank. But there's a third woman called Cherie Pearson, and in November 2022, she launched a lawsuit against Leon Black. In 1999, Cherie Pearson is a single mother living in New Jersey and commuting into Manhattan 
where she's got a pretty low-wage job as a receptionist in a midtown office. She's got credit card debts and dreams of launching a skincare product. Sometime in 2000, a woman of Ukrainian descent who she meets through work starts calling her repeatedly and telling her she needs to meet this rich man who helps women like her financially. Then, a woman called Ghislaine Maxwell starts ringing her. One night after work, she agrees to go to Maxwell's office at Epstein's Upper East Side mansion. And once she's there, she agrees to give Epstein a massage wearing a bikini, and he pays her $300. There are a number of visits, money changes hands, Epstein usually ends up touching himself and tries to pressure her into sex, but she refuses. Then, the lawsuit says. In the spring of 2002, on a weekday in the late afternoon, Miss Pearson was raped by Black. Leon Black. Cherie Pearson was 39 at the time and alleges the rape happened on the third floor of Epstein's Manhattan mansion in a private suite that contained a massage table and was connected to a bathroom. After riding up in the elevator to the third floor with Black, Miss Pearson entered the massage suite believing that she would give Black a massage and receive the money that had been promised her in exchange, money that she desperately needed to help care for her young daughter. By the time Miss Pearson exited the massage suite and rode down the elevator with Black, she could barely walk out of the house onto the sidewalk as she was in excruciating pain and still in shock. Black callously announced that his driver was waiting for him, turned his back, and left her standing at the curb. The lawsuit claims that a few weeks later, Leon Black begins calling her and they meet for lunch. But she becomes tearful in the restaurant and he's concerned she is causing a scene. She goes to the bathroom and then leaves the restaurant. But weeks later, he calls again and he says he wants to meet and give her something. They meet on a Sunday evening in the luxurious bar of the St Regis Hotel with its chandeliers, gold leaf and frescoes. The two sat down and, after a short conversation, without warning, Black simply placed an envelope in her lap. It contained $5,000 in $100 bills. Miss Pearson was shocked. Black told her that the money was to help with her credit card debt. Not long afterwards, the lawsuit alleges. Black called Miss Pearson and said, I want to see you. Miss Pearson asked why. She knew she would never allow herself to be in a position where he could physically harm her again. Miss Pearson asked him if he was trying to give her more money. Taken aback, Black exclaimed, I just gave you $5,000. Cherie Pearson refused to see him again. Leon Black denies the allegation of rape. His lawyer has called it unsubstantiated and damaging. And we put questions to Leon Black, but he didn't respond. The alleged rape in 2002 was so long ago that it falls outside the usual statute of limitation for bringing a case. But Cherie Pearson has been able to use New York's Adult Survivors Act, which came into force in November 2022, and gave people who said they were victims in historic cases of sexual abuse a window of one year to start a case. It's the same law that a woman used recently to win damages against Donald Trump for an assault that a jury agreed he had committed in the changing rooms of a New York department store. 
After just three hours of deliberations, the jury ordered Trump to pay Carroll $5 million. If the case against Leon Black does proceed, it's unlikely to get anywhere near court until 2024. We tried to speak with Cherie Pearson, but her lawyer gave us a firm no. And I want to stress again that Leon Black denies the allegation of rape. But what Leon Black does not dispute is that from 2012 to 2017, he was Jeffrey Epstein's main source of income. He paid Epstein $158 million in those five years. And even if Epstein did provide financial advice that saved Leon Black more than a billion dollars, the effect of their professional relationship is the same. Leon Black bankrolled Jeffrey Epstein while he was running a sex trafficking empire. JP Morgan and Deutsche Bank were providing the access to cash and wire transfers that got very little scrutiny. And the money at Epstein's disposal, more than $150 million of it, came from Leon Black. Leon Black still has all the trappings of the life of a billionaire, but his decades-long association with Jeffrey Epstein and the revelation that he bankrolled him for years has led to a measure of accountability. After protests from activists and artists about his connections to Epstein, Black resigned in 2021 from those grand New York arts institutions, MoMA and The Met. And at the same time, he resigned from Apollo, the company set up more than 30 years ago. When I spoke to Gretchen Morganson, this is what she said about his fall from the pinnacle of New York life. You know, I can only assume that it must have been quite excruciating for him to have to give up his firm. You know, he created this firm in 91 or 2 or something, and, you know, to have to kind of disappear and in such ignominy must yeah. have been horrible for him. And I suppose it's it's a world adjacent to the one that you really focus on, but that that sort of high society, philanthropic art world, he, he bestrode that as well, didn't he? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, he bought the Scream, for heaven's sake. Extreme wealth has a way of shielding people from inconvenient consequences. But even four years after his death, the shockwaves from what Epstein did are still strong enough to knock powerful men like Leon Black off their feet. And no one knows how far the Epstein effect will travel. Next time, I want to tell you how someone even richer than Black is feeling the tremors. In episode four of Epstein's Money Men. Bill Gates' relationship with Epstein, I would say, is more complicated than previously thought. The world at the top is extremely sort of transactional. Any of the questions remaining about what Bill's relationship there was, those are for Bill to answer. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Slow Newscast from Tortoise. It was written and reported by me, David Taylor. The producer was Imi Harbour and the editor was Basha Cummings. Sound design was by Hannah Varrell. For early access to the latest episodes of this series, subscribe to Tortoise Plus on Apple Podcasts or join Tortoise as a member by downloading the Tortoise Audio app today. Tortoise. 
Hello, it's Tomini from Tortoise. This podcast is sponsored by EY. Safe, efficient and reliable railways help to keep us all connected, thanks to Network Rail. Yet, maintenance on the railways is a risky and sometimes fatal business. At Network Rail, two previous attempts to invigorate its track worker safety programmes had failed, leaving employees feeling sceptical that the organisation could ever get railway safety right. Since 2019, EY teams have worked with Network Rail to deliver a transformation that improved safety protocols and changed employee behaviour around safety. Network Rail Rail Hub, a new digital safety platform and app, eliminated inaccurate paper trails and worked offline, so it could be used by workers in remote locations. Since the platform was introduced, near misses affecting maintenance workers on the railways have fallen by 40%. Read the full story at ey.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.